everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk. This is the newfangled approach we have. As you may have listened to the show on Wednesday, we do true crime on Wednesdays and we do horror on Fridays. Can I tell you? Yes. That I was driving over here today. Yes, ma'am. And I was already listening to different Halloween soundtrack songs. Like I was playing the Monster Mash. (laughs) Perfect. I'm, I'm, tis the season, man. I went to, it's so um, exciting. I love it. I went to Home Depot. Yes. And, you know, my friend Don, we do the, like, the big thing every year and at his house. And this year we always add to, just like you and I used to do, right? Add to the stuff that we have. Yeah. And this year, by September 1st, things were already sold out, folks. We bought <laughs> yeah. a 15-foot phantom Okay, that's going to overlook the pool. Oh, well, I know every year you guys face. buy a big thing. Yeah. And then... I bought, I always contribute something. I bought him a scarecrow, a really cool scarecrow we still use every year. I bought a, he's a bartender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a skeleton. Nice. He's about 5'11". He's got hair and a mustache and he has a British accent and he's pouring a drink that kind of looks like he's pouring some sort of, almost looks like a chemical, like a chemistry kind of thing. Cool. And he'll go off every few minutes and just tell you a story in his British accent. <laughs> and so at Don's house, we always have the fog <laughs> machines going on in the kitchen where his bar is. So he's going to plant that little guy. Nice. He's not really that little. He's a full-size person, but he's hilarious. Home Depot, if you guys do stuff for your house, they they have really good animatronics and really like bigger items really big items and i actually think they're reasonably priced yeah that's they're good. good quality well that's good because they need to get them moving because there's only this one season where they're yeah. gonna sell that stuff so they need to get them out that door well they're so selling them out they need the prices to let's get them out the door that's awesome but that's so fun i was gonna say to you that we have had the thing that i sent you for your birthday i think a couple of years ago now it's like a pinata, only a clown-faced pinata. From Clown like Motel. Evil clown from Clown Motel. And it's a pinata. And what I would like to assert is that this is the year that for our Halloween horror show, whenever that happens in October or at some point in October, we will fill that sucker up and you will hit it. Yes. And we will. What are we putting in it? it? I don't know. What do you want in it? I got to think on that. Okay. So it'll get filled with something and then I will facilitate that and then hang it from somewhere and you will smash it. All right. We're going to actually yeah, use like, it this let's year. Let's do it. Let's right. do it, man. Uh, I have an idea. Moving on. It should not be a museum item. We it just sh- got to use it. It shouldn't be. But if anyone either on our, any of our patrons or anybody who follows us, if you have recommendations for what should go in there mm-hmm. uh, and maybe here's a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't even know what's going to be in there. Yeah. And, you know, some of our folks just send you things that should go in there. I mean, it could be gross. It could be slime. It, whatever. It could be candy. True. Here's the thing. We have an email address. It's on every episode that we do. TerrorTalkPodcast at gmail.com. I exclusively am the one who checks that email address. So that is a way to keep secrets from Kathy. So if you would like to send me ideas or thoughts about that, you can send it to the email address. I think that's the safest way to keep it secret because you're on the Instagram. So you're going to see all the things that people say to you on Instagram. 
So let's not do that. Let's not. And I and I'm on the Facebook and the Twitter a lot, so I would be more apt to see those things than Cavi wouldn't. So just so you know, that's Done. the way to keep it from her. And you have <laughs> till, you know, beginning of October. Yeah, about a month, let's say, because then I got to do something with it. Right. I need time. She needs time. I need time in my busy life to do the pinata. All right. You had some news and stuff. Well, I went to Valley Horror Nights. Oh, what is or, that? I'm sorry, Valley Fright Nights. Oh, so okay. What's that? Here in... You know, I'm sure this happens all over the country, but sure. uh, in Los Angeles, we tend to have different horror events throughout the year, uh, many through the summer that sort of launches us into the fall. And I went to Valley Fright Nights in the San Fernando Valley last Friday. I posted some pictures on our Instagram about it. By the time this episode comes out, it's probably been a couple of weeks since I've been. It was really fun. It, it, it was three different houses three different mazes and for it being like a non-universal yeah, i thought yeah. they did a really good job it was a lot good. of fun there was like six of us who went they had a 3d killer clown house the house of horror and cave of darkness and what i found out for those of you who live in southern california is this is sort of replaced the cornfield one they used to do at Pierce. Yeah. Cause the cornfield one they, through COVID, they got rid of it. Like they, all the corn is gone. They would have to completely start over, but it's right. in that same area. Right. But what I really appreciated about this one was they went as all out as you would at like a Halloween one. And it ended at the end of August, but it's sort of a way of like launching us in now into the fall seasons. Maybe very, very excited but if you if it's around next year and you live in this area, Valley Fright, you can just go to valleyfrightnights.com. I recommend it. It was a lot of fun. And they also have a VIP like you and I do for the Horror Nights where you can like just go to the front of the line and it's totally worth yeah, it. Yeah, you pay a little bit extra in front of the line. Yep. Okay. And it probably took, I don't know, like a little bit of, over an hour to get through everything. And some theming around and yep. food so and stuff. So Clown One, House of Horror. Uh, then they had like tables set up with like snacks and waters and not nearly as sophisticated as universal. No, but that's fun. But it was fun. Yeah, no, that's fun. I like everybody getting in the game and offering their They had some stuff. really cool, like the sets were cool. I always like to support the smaller folk. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Merch? I do have one piece of merch. If y'all are <laughs> looking us, for something really merch. fun to either trick your partner or roommate <laughs> or friend... <laughs> This is hilarious. Uh, this <laughs> is a Halloween bath mat, and okay. it's a non-slip mat <laughs> through, uh, you can go, and honestly, if you just put creative bloody bath mat in, it will pull up because <laughs> it's, it's a blood anti-skid mat. So what happens is, is the second the person <laughs> I can't walks out of the shower and puts their wet foot down on it, mm -hmm. it turns to blood, everything looks, so it looks like they cut their foot in the shower or they're bleeding from something. I love that so much. Yeah. And then once it dries, it just goes back to white, <laughs> but you'll see like bloody footprints. And like, if you know, sometimes you're walking in the shower and like, it'll drip off your leg. Amazing. It just looks like you're just bleeding. <laughs> uh, and then it dry. But for anyone who doesn't know what they're about to walk on, I would imagine it's incredibly terrifying because you think you just cut the oh shit out of God, your foot. Oh my God, I love it though. You could put mm -hmm. it in the guest room, guest yeah. bathroom or something. Oh, totally. <laughs> Even if someone washes their hands and it like falls onto the mat. Yeah, or just put it like, yeah, in the kitchen even. Like, yeah. Just waiting for someone to discover... <laughs> 
<laughs> the mess totally. that is created. So I thought that was, it's hilarious. That's awesome. I did want to mention, and, and this is a little bit, Hell, the Hellraiser franchise is returning to life with this brand new Hulu original movie oh. that I've been talking about for a while. And it's set to, yes. you know, unleash the pain and pleasure uh, on October 7th. So, so excited for this. Yeah, in about a month, Entertainment Weekly has shared some first look images from Hulu's Hellraiser. Jamie Clayton, you know, as the Hell Priest, because we've realized that Pinhead and what they've done is the Pinhead as androgynous. And yeah. Just because he was a he before, you know, Hellraiser has a ton of sexual overtone, mm -hmm. a ton of sadomasochistic overtones. It's heavily bisexual. <laughs> it's heavily sexual so anything that's heavily sexual the original hellraiser series is gonna have those kinds of connotations around uh, bisexuality and androgyny and non-binary characters and so what better in our, this day and age when we are all grappling and discussing and bringing all of those types of issues to light let's have jamie clayton do that be and, the pinhead and new cinnabites and new cinnabites so this isn't a remake no nope. uh david bruckner tells entertainment weekly that this is not a remake i just didn't think you could ever remake the original hellraiser correct sir it's too Smart much move on their part yeah super like don't pen yourself into that that's awful it's Plus, like there's setting plenty, everybody up for disappointment there's plenty to do with this world oh they don't God, need to remake course. this movie and because it's so many decades ago that's right it's gonna become if you're talented there's so much to do right. it's too much of its own thing and it would be i think perilous territory for filmmakers because how do you top that agreed but also why would you want to pen yourself in creatively when so much has changed and the world can handle so much more of what, you know, a lot, often people really don't like Hellraiser. Like, it's not their favorite horror uh, series. No, Nobody but me really picks it as one of their favorites. I mean, I know there's some of you out there, and I love you I think for the it. original Hellraiser is really great, but not as far as a series. Yeah, yeah, people don't pick it. Everybody likes Friday the 13th or Halloween or whatever. So I get it, and I totally understand, but I think there's just so much potential there. So it's a new story in the Hellraiser universe, just for those of you who don't know. Jamie Clayton's Pinhead and a brand new Cenobite dubbed The Mask. So in the new Hellraiser movie for Hulu, a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box. So that's where they're going with the puzzle box. Unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites, a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension. So basic premise is the same as it always is, which I think is a smart way to go as well. So David Breckner, who did The Night House, if you liked that, uh, he also helmed Netflix's The Ritual, as well as sections of Bloody Disgusting's horror anthologies, VHS and Southbound. VHS, new VHS series coming. I mean, uh, anthology is coming out this month too. Very excited. We have it scheduled in our Discord to watch along as a group. So if you are interested in supporting us, join our Patreon and then come join the fun. He's directing the relaunch franchise for Spyglass Media. And I'm excited. It's supposed to be rated R. Yeah, FYI. it's, it's going to be good. I hope that the loyalists come out to support it. There's pictures now and all that on the internet. So I think the next thing that we would like to do. Oh, oh we're there. We're there. We're there. Okay. <laughs> She's excited. Is a little thing that we have a tradition doing around these parts. And it is called. <laughs> That's horror facts with Kath, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's our trivia game here on Terror Talk. And Kathy's going to bust out some facts and I got to try to guess them. Okay. Number one. Mm. The serial killer database, which chronicles crimes committed between 1900 and 1914, reveals that this state in the U.S. leads in the most serial killings. Between 1900 and 1914? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's pretty much a niche market right there. Yeah, it is. Number two. The largest pumpkin sculpture <laughs> was of a blank. I'm going to give you three. A, Dracula's Castle. B, Wolfman Howling at the Moon. Or C, The Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> okay <laughs> number three the average american eats about how many pounds of halloween candy <laughs> a year and there's a two-parter to this how many calories altogether to kids consume good lord my God. I mean, as Americans, we do our Halloween candy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Number four. What colorful phenomenon is visible during fall? Okay. Number five. This castle is among the most notorious haunted castles of Europe, tracing back to 1673. I can, I'm imagining there's more than one. <laughs> Just because, I mean, Europe's got the market on the castles, guys. That's for sure. I love it, though. Okay. I shall guess later in the show. But for now, let's talk horror movies, man. Let's do it. So what I thought I would do today for my chunk of these is that i would wrap up the shutter originals that i watched in august okay because i try to watch them all come hell or high water i imagine some months i will not succeed because as you guys know with shutter i love shutter i'm, I'm so happy they're here um, yeah. i'm sorry a horror streaming site where have you been all my life but the shutter originals are often plucked from film festivals but also they can often be very popular things so they are hit or miss, let's put it that way. And honestly, by watching them all, I find some gems. And I'm really appreciative of that. But, you, uh, you know, you got to watch a lot of shit to find those. So I guess what I would do is I would start with uh, So Vam, because it's pretty controversial. Yep. So So Vam is two words, S-O and then V-A-M. And it's a 2021 horror drama, because there's certainly a lot of drama in this. The it's a 73 minute movie, so pretty short, and it happens to be directed by a 16 year old transgendered filmmaker, an Australian 16 year old trans filmmaker. Her name is Alice Mayo Mackey, and I apologize if I did not pronounce that correctly, but so that's what made it kind of controversial and exciting and, and mm -hmm. all of that, and, and culturally stimulating is because. We wanted to see, you know, we like queer movies mm -hmm. and also with a transgendered voice and a director and such a young director, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So did you see this movie? I did. Okay. Because I know we, I had mentioned how we watched it actually in our Discord. I try to program 
as many movies as I can in our Discord, and we watched it as a community. So I think I watched it because I didn't watch it with you guys. I think I watched it a little bit before because I had been talking about it on the show for a while, waiting for it to come out. I remember. Well, and I remember when we saw it, you were like, oh, I... I need to, I want to see, I want to make my own opinion or something like that. Oh no, that was they slash them. Oh, oh, oh. We're going to get to that one in, in, in episodes coming up too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did see it. The description is a young outcast in a conservative town dreams of moving to the city to become a famous drag queen, but his plans are derailed when he is kidnapped. Mm -hmm. I... I didn't like this movie. I thought it was terrible. It was <laughs> 73 minutes of a lot of pain. <laughs> and I don't mean the kind of pain we enjoy in horror movies. I mean, it was painfully slow. Yes. Painfully. It was not a horror movie. It wasn't a horror movie. Painfully of its age group. Yes. Too. Oh my gosh. So yes. here's what I would say about it is that I am so excited that this 16 year old filmmaker has begun her journey. Yeah. Very excited. And I am a fan of movies and creativity and TV and media have been all of my life. I consume them like crazy. I worked in entertainment for 15 years, blah, 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 blah. The fact that a 16 year old person who is part of a marginalized community in my, in my judgment in this country could create something that held together a basic narrative and had people show up to work and hopefully get paid. Because I know how difficult it is to make a movie. So the fact that all of that happened, came together, got bought, put on a streaming service, went to festivals, whatever it is. And for whatever reasons that you could argue that happened. Great. Bully for you. And I can't wait to see what else you do. This is simply the beginning mm-hmm. of your creative talent. Because it's not... A great movie. No, but I, I, I will second that because that's a lot of what I thought about when I was watching it was how incredible it was that she was able to mm-hmm. make something that was recognized, that was, it didn't look homemade. It was very sophisticated for a 16-year-old. Yeah, production-wise. Obviously, we want to be promoting queer identity and horror, but yeah. as, as a critic, because you're going to get critiqued, no matter how old you are, if of you're going to put product out there, And as a queer person, I was like, here we are again, rather than making a movie that happens to have queer people in it, we continue to make the topic about the marginalization of being queer and how this is, is an important message in film without a doubt. Hey, queer folks, we can also just make horror. Yep. And I'm kind of getting tired, just like I'm tired as a woman of all of our characters in horror being around either being pregnant or raped, like we can do better. Mm -hmm. And so I was annoyed by the main actor. He was super fucking annoying. He, the the most interesting part of his character is when he went into drag at the last 10 (laughs) minutes of the movie. I know. And, but he annoyed me. I didn't care about him. And as a queer person, and I realize I'm only one queer voice and I do not identify as trans. I'm a cis woman, but I'm watching this and going, guys, we can also just do horror. Yeah. With queer and trans folks. And many people are. 
there is a lot there's a queer documentary about queer horror yes, on, and it's fantastic on shutter right now and yes. it's fantastic so check that out and there are a lot of people contributing in this way this is not an item that i would i could recommend you see except for the fact if you are a true movie file or a true consumer of certain kinds of horror then go for it you know you do you but it's not a good movie. I mean, I the it's 73 minutes. I was like, it's the shortest movie ever. I had to watch it in three parts. I, I couldn't get through. It was like oh. 73 minutes. I had to watch it in like 25 minutes. And, you know, as a cisgendered heterosexual female, I felt preached to. And that's OK. I can tolerate all the preaching. But I also really very much enjoy understanding someone's experience in life right and understanding how they have been made to feel how they feel individually but i don't see the whole queer community as the same person no when i'm preached to as if that voice is coming from the whole community i just call bullshit yep is honestly what happens to me i am not a part of that community except to be an ally and i understand where that places me and how outside of inside but also outside of it it places me and so i i just want authentic authenticity i also want a fucking horror movie uh, correct okay i want a horror movie like when you see jordan peele doing what he does and using a lot of really political undertones he still makes a goddamn horror film it's still a good story. That's my issue is it's like, I understand you want to get in the conversation. I understand and he you does want it to, well. and I understand you want to be a movie maker. That's fantastic. Get in the conversation, make movies about whatever the fuck you want, but you have something, but there's some stuff to learn about story Yep, and about movie making. It's not just advocacy. Well, it's just the writing was poor. And so it's under, understandable that it would be, but again, <sighs> I totally agree. It's like, I can't wait to see what they do next. Like the growth. <laughs> I can't wait. It's like if Spielberg had his, you know, 16-year-old movies on a streaming service. Yeah. Like, it's a different vibe we got now. You are held accountable from day one. Yep. Whereas everybody else in the past got to experiment and be bad without anybody watching. So, all right. So what about Allegoria? You want to do that one next? And I think... Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So Allegoria is a 2022 horror mystery thriller... It is also about 70 minutes long. Thank the good Lord. A timid actress, a tortured painter, a pretentious writer, a psychotic sculptor, and a rock band all become entangled when their insecurities manifest themselves into monsters and ghouls. Uh, forgettable. <laughs> yeah. I like the, like, three shots of the girl being spooky yes at the beginning that first <laughs> I think there was one. one later too i don't yeah. know i like you know the there were a couple good gore shots the thing that's the thing that's on the movie poster delivers in the movie in other words i liked when she was grossness it was so overacted and so I was annoyed <laughs> if there's a word to describe watching this i was annoyed fair all i'm gonna say right and then i think you saw 
Glorious I did. too? Okay, so let's talk about Glorious. Glorious is a 2022 horror mystery thriller, 80 minutes long. We watched this in the Discord as a group, so if you like group watches, join us. A heartbroken man finds himself trapped in a bathroom with a strange voice who is J.K. Simmons. Is that his name? Oh, is that who that was? Maybe I think not. you're right. Yeah. A heartbroken man finds himself trapped in a bathroom with a strange voice who says he may be the only hope in stopping a terrible event. J.K. Simmons, I was right. Yeah. Who's one of my very favorite actors for a long He's time amazing. now. He's the voice. And Ryan Quantin. Ryan Quantin. We just sounded like chickens for about 30 seconds. Quantin. I, beard, I beat him in who beer. Who I loved in True Blood. I beat him in beer pong once. That's a fun fact. He's a very nice guy. And he, this is a one-man show for him, basically. There's like one other character that comes in at one point, yeah. and there's J.K. Simmons' voice. Otherwise, it's a solo endeavor. It is. Directed, female director, Rebecca McKendry. I love this movie. I loved this movie. Fucking amazing, honestly. It's gruesome, but it's hysterical. And it's a great message. And it's a good message, and it's a message about toxic masculinity. It's a message about, you know, there's these like brutal gore it's going very on. gory jk simmons his lines and his delivery is fucking hilarious because he's just funny and anyway. the monster's great the monster's great if you like if you want movies horror movies to deliver on a creature you got that going you got devils devil satany vibes you got heaven hill vibes which i love i thought this was a really clever film and for ryan to carry this mostly by himself we had jk's voice Kudos to you, man. Oh, man. He knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. He was a great straight man, but then also was a lot of drama. Like there's a lot going on in his life that mm -hmm. he's recovering from and trying to figure out. And there's a little bit of trauma drama, but not too much. Like I don't I don't mind the trauma drama in my horror movies. Sometimes it really works well. And this one, I didn't mind it at all. It was p provided part of his motivations and part of the arc of this. And and uh I'm interested, and, and I know that she's kind of an independent filmmaker. She made this movie a few years ago called All the Creatures Were Stirring, which is one of those Christmas movies, which I'll try to program in the Discord for us to watch this year just because I want I like that continuity, learning, you know, making sure people connect, that they made this woman made both movies. It's, and that's a really independent, like, Christmas horror. So I liked it. Cool. Let's talk about maybe one of your series. So I mentioned how excited I was for this earlier uh, or towards the end of our fourth season. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are Rick and Morty fans, Little Demon. Oh, my God. Probably. I don't think people realize how good this is yet. Okay. Danny DeVito plays Satan. I saw the ads for it. Guys, please do yourself a favor. 13 years after being impregnated by Satan, a reluctant mother played by uh, named Laura and her antichrist daughter, Chrissy attempt to live in an ordinary life in Delaware, but are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan who yearn for custody of his daughter's soul. So Lucy DeVito plays the daughter. We have cameos from Michael Shannon, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Pamela Adelon, Rhea Perlman, Patrick Wilson, Dave Bautista. The whole series is about, the divorce between Satan and his wife, who's a civilian who lives on earth and how they have to share custody. And Chrissy goes back and forth <laughs> from hell to earth. And the next door neighbor, Darlene, who knows that 
who's uh, best friends with the wife, the ex-wife, and knows that she's caught up in all these demons, but Darlene's like too into herself and drinking rosé every day. So she's like just the constant annoying neighbor. Not only is the comedy great, it pays so much homage to all the past horror, Running Man, Hellraiser, Van Helsing, every single episode brings in something from like 70s, 80s horror. And the comedy is so fucking good Great. that I want to say this is probably my favorite cartoon that's come out in like the last like five, seven years. You guys got to give it a chance. It's only 25 minute episodes. Right. So I would mention that it's animated and it's on Hulu mm-hmm. and on Apple TV to buy, but it's streaming on Hulu. There's so many different cameos in this that are so great. Check it out. And you don't even have to like Rick and Morty to like it because it's a, it is different, but same producers, creators. So it has that really raunchy kind of comedy to it. I'm loving it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had another series too that you watched. Yeah. Briefly, I just want to mention The Patient that came out with Steve Carell. I'm really enjoying this. I, I said to someone the other day that this would be a situation I would get myself into because of the <laughs> population pool that I work with yeah. or that I have worked with. So a psychotherapist who recently lost his wife finds himself held prisoner by a serial killer with an unusual request to curb his homicidal urges. So the the serial killer is a, a current patient of his who wasn't giving a lot of information in their sessions. And he's like, yeah, I'm feeling like, you know, there's a lot more you want to say and you're not saying it. And then, you know, the next scene he's, he wakes up in this bed, comes to find out he has been kidnapped what I appreciate about the opening of this is it is also very telling. And I was, I was actually processing the show with both of my associates and we were talking about how clients don't tell us everything. And we know that to a certain extent, but sometimes we really underestimate how much we don't know about our clients. And I'm not suggesting that our clients are serial killers, but I think they do a really good job at explaining how he gets to where he does and how he then has to use his psychological skills to, to remain safe. The, it's still on like every episode, I think every Friday, a new episode comes out, something like that, or every Wednesday it's on Hulu. Steve Carell in serious roles. Amazing. So far, I'm really digging the show. Yeah, it's totally on my list. I'm glad, I'm glad it's good because I wanted it to be good. Cause after reading the, reading the synopsis, I was like, Oh, we probably got to talk about that on the show when it's done. Cause it sounds like, psychological and serial killers and that's our jam so we might even do an episode if it's got enough heft in the end yeah 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 uh, maybe we sure. could maybe we could look at that but depends uh often we start these series and they don't have enough heft to do an episode it's just like mm-hmm. pretty standard not a lot of not not enough to explicate for us to have a whole episode on it but you never know we'll we'll give it a shot yeah that's our show for the day let's do some horror facts yes i would like to know things because i know none of them all right. <laughs> uh, let me find my page. Let me yeah. go back to it. No Shannon. No. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm glad. Are you ready? I am. Number one. <laughs> the serial killer database, which chronicles crimes committed between 1900 and 1914, reveals that this state in the U.S. leads in the most serial killers. But just during that time period, right? Obviously, because that's, that's the just, data. That's, yeah, that's the data, but it, yes. Got to be, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the data. Mm, Lord of mercy. New York. It's actually Alaska. <laughs> that's and it, so Which wild. also leads in rates of violent crime, which is crazy. And then it's followed by Florida, California, and then Washington State. 
Interesting times for Alaska, mm-hmm. 1900 and 1914. Maybe there's something we got to discover about that. Number two. Yes. The largest pumpkin sculpture was of a blank. Dracula's castle, Wolfman howling at the moon, or zombie apocalypse? Wolfman howling at the moon. Actually, the zombie apocalypse. Nice. It took him two days to complete. His name was Ray Villafane. I think it's how you pronounce it, if it's phonetic. Mm-hmm. It weighed 1,818 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Number three, the average American eats about how many pounds of Halloween candy each year? And in addition to that, how many calories does each child consume? I mean, I kind of want to go big, of course, because I imagine it's a, the average is probably a lot. I don't know, like six pounds? 3.4 pounds. Okay, I was going to go with two, which would have been more on the, (laughs) but I don't know. I wanted to go big. Yeah. Uh, Calories. Sheesh. I don't know, 30,000 calories or something? 7,000. Oh, okay. So I went big because I don't have have a concept of all of that. Number four. What colorful phenomenon is visible during fall? Foliage? Leaves? The aurora borealis. Oh. (laughs) And number five. This castle is among the most notorious haunted castles of Europe. Traces back to 1673. And... I'll give you a little extra piece here. It's homed by an eccentric scientist by the name of (laughs) Johan. Frankenstein's castle? Yes. Yeah. I actually had that guess before you gave me the tidbit, but the tidbit kind of nailed it. (laughs) Great. Yay, one out of five. That's about my ratio. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) One is better than none. Woo, yeah. I mean, at least it was Frankenstein. I don't know. (laughs) That's exciting. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Check out our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook page. And if you want to support us, check out our Patreon campaign. Have a lovely day. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.